fire and wind come from the sky, from the gods of the sky. But Krum is your god. Krum, and he lives in the earth. Once giants lived in the earth, Conan. And in the darkness of chaos, they fooled Krum. And they took from him the enigma of steel. Krum was angered, and the earth shook. And fire and wind struck down these giants, and they threw their bodies into the waters. But in their rage, the gods forgot the secret of steel and left it on the battlefield. And we who found it are just men. Not gods, not giants. Just men. And the secret of steel has always carried with it a mystery. You must learn its riddle, Conan. You must learn its discipline. For no one, no one in this world can you trust. Not men, not women, not beasts. This you can trust. The action movie podcast where we're talking about all things action movies. The good, the bad, and the underrated. My name is Santi, and with me as always is Conan the Grayson the Barbarian. <laughs> Nailed it. That's your full name, Conan the Grayson the Barbarian. Yeah. It's me. Hello. What's cracking? Not much. Just chilling. Got my dog here. She is desperately looking for things to bark at and be angry about. Oh, me too. That's how yeah. I live my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's an angry dog. Yeah. What's cracking with you? Not much. We were talking before about how surprising it is that we actually got this uh, recording up and moving before anything went wrong. So that's good. Yep. I know. Normally, normally I join the call, <laughs> and then neither one of us can hear the other. <laughs> Or like one of our cameras isn't working, and so then yeah. we're just desperately <laughs> trying to get it to work, and it takes us like twenty stuff. minutes. Yeah, you know, it takes like twenty minutes to actually get it working. And so. usually, the solution is to just end the meeting and start a new one. I don't know why we don't just jump to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it is. It is the. This is our first full length episode of the new year, twenty twenty four. It's our first episode of season two of this show. Um, Hell yeah! And we're we're starting with quite a quite a titan of a film. Um, yeah, both in in stature and um, f- physicality and yeah. length and girth and <laughs> um, thrust and. Am <laughs> we're talking about Conan the Barbarian? Hell yeah! Which is a 1982 sword and sorcery action film. Um, we will talk about what sword and sorcery means. Um, this movie was directed by John Millier. Millier. <laughs> um, yep. Nailed it. With a script, with a script by, and I meant to type Milieu, um, but I typed Mie. <laughs> 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 uh, it's got a script by John Millius. And Oliver Stone. 
The original Conan character was created by author Robert E. Howard in the 1930s. Um, this is the first film adaptation of the Conan character. Um, and it stars one Arnold Schwarzenegger as the titular Conan. Um, literally. Which, li- literally. Very, very titular, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude has his boobies out like the whole time. <laughs> I don't think they're covered once. No. And he's got support from Sandal Begman, uh, Mako, James Earl Jones, and Jerry Lopez. Uh, the film has a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics with a 74% audience score, which is much closer than I thought it would be. Um, the film yeah. does not, it, 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 I don't know. It just seems like one of those movies that like a certain group of people would love or hate. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm surprised it's, it's fairly close, but yeah. Um, the film does not pass the Bechtel test. Nope. Uh, there's not one woman in this bit. film with a name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I literally wrote the film does not by any means pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> I, I don't even think it it knows what a Bechdel test is. <laughs> this film's about men, men doing men stuff. Yeah. Finally, the plot synopsis from IMDb: A young boy, Conan, becomes a slave after his parents are killed by a savage warlord and sorcerer, Thulsa Doom. When he grows up, he becomes a fearless, invincible fighter. Set free, he plots revenge against Thulsa Doom. Bum, bum, bum. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, so before we get into uh, the background of Conan the Barbarian and some of the themes of this film and its production and whatnot, um, what'd you think of it? It was very. It was definitely an '80s movie. Um, oh yeah. That honestly. That's about it. It's good. <laughs> it's I, it's like I don't know. It, it's nothing to write home about. Um, okay. We'll, and we'll we'll talk about the issues that I have with it, but also mm-hmm. the things that I really liked about it. But yeah, it was good. Um, okay. I I had fun. I wasn't bored. Okay. So that's a positive. See, it's funny that you say it's <laughs> nothing to write home about because if if you were to go online and like look up you know, Conan the Barbarian, 1982, the way people wax poetic about it, like (laughs) you'd think this is some sort of like, you know, masterpiece of filmmaking. And I really like it. Like, I think it's a great movie, but I I love, I love doing the show with you because I like when you bring it down to (laughs) reality and you're like, yeah, "Eh, it's fine. (laughs) It it did what it said it was going to do. Yeah. So... It That's met true. expectations. That it it does. I I would say for me, this is a good example of what we've talked about it a few times, but it's a good example of taste, right? Yeah. Where if you have a taste for this genre and like this era of fantasy filmmaking, then it's gonna just slot right in there. You're gonna have a great time. Yeah. If you're if you're kind of like more like, eh, it's just a movie from the 80s, then it's like it's a pretty good one, you know. Yeah. You're not gonna be bored. There's some weird conservative politics going on that you gotta yeah. kind of acknowledge. Yeah. Um and boy, there's a lot of boobs in this movie, but oh man, there were so many <laughs> from both men and women. 
Just oh yeah, tits everywhere. But yeah, I mean, we'll talk. I, I for me, I really like this. I can watch it, you know, any day of the week. I don't think it's my favorite example of a sword and sorcery movie. Um, and again, I'll kind of get more into what that means, but um, I I really like it. But I, I kind of like it more as like a foothold into talking about certain things than I like it as like a an example of a movie on its own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, uh, your reaction is very funny. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's a it's a it is a movie. It is a movie. It is undeniably a movie. Yeah. Uh, I, and it's good. Yeah. And that's I, I've I've said before that I would love to do a, a sideshow, which is called Grayson Butchers the Classics. And it's just me yeah. showing you a classic film and you going, eh. <laughs> oh, I would do numbers on The Godfather. <laughs> people would be so mad at me. Oh, yeah. Because people are like, oh, The Godfather is one of the greatest films ever created. And just, I mean, it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, What's man? that other really possible? I know what. What's a really popular one that's like three hours long? You're naming a lot of movies there. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Like, I'd love to show you something like Citizen Kane, and for you to just be. Oh, like, that's yeah. one I was thinking about. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, people. Care. People would hate me for what I would probably say about that movie. Yeah, probably. I mean, I like Citizen Kane, but yeah, I'm I'm a nerd about that kind of. Yeah, thing. it seems like one of those very artsy films. I wouldn't call it particularly artsy, but um, they they put for me. It seems like they might have thought about it a little too hard and took it a little too seriously. Well, I think I think the problem with something like Citizen Kane, and I have this problem a lot with just like cinema nerds in general. Yeah, is like people ascribe more artistic like merit to something than the filmmaker necessarily did like citizen kane it, like it's a great movie and it it pushed movie making forward in a lot of ways but the people making it weren't necessarily thinking about it in the way that people since have thought about it like they yeah. weren't setting out to be like we're gonna make the best movie ever made it was just more like we're gonna make a pretty good movie about this horny man you know so it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah which uh which is very apt talking about this movie but yes um anyway before we get into all that and and spoil the rest of the movie um would you recommend somebody watch this if you had nothing else going on sure <laughs> i mean it's yeah i i would um i i i was talking to my because i told my my boss about it um mm -hmm. and he he had wanted me to like let him know how the movie was. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh what did I say? I said, um, I can't fucking remember. God damn it. It's okay. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's uh it's it's kind of one of those movies that like you can kind of turn on and uh it kind of just shuts your brain off for a little bit. You don't have to think too hard about it. Um yeah. It's uh 
it is a fun time. A lot of the um, sort of the sorcery part of the sword and sorcery is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a little strange and a little funny. Uh, but I you won't have a bad time. No. So um, yeah, I, I would I would recommend it. Yeah, I would recommend this to somebody who is like a fan of fantasy movies and somebody who's like into Arnold Schwarzenegger like action yes. movies or even even anything adjacent to that. Like if you know an old man who for some reason hasn't watched Conan the Barbarian yet, he's going <laughs> to love it. I promise oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> go go talk to like your like 60, 70 year old like uncle or or grandpa yeah. or whatever and see if they've seen it if they haven't oh boy you've yeah. made their week yeah i mean go find the guy in your neighborhood who's got the don't tread on me flag yep He'll go find if, if for some reason yeah if for some reason he hasn't seen this he's gonna love it he's gonna have a great yep. time yeah <laughs> yep he will be a lot more ecstatic than i yeah well yeah yeah um so let's get into this like for reals so one thing i wanted to bring up uh because i i my wife caught a little bit of this as i was watching it <laughs> um do do you recognize the villain like that actor? i i do but i can't for the life of me tell you where he's from okay because i think i might just blow your mind ah shit so that right, is that is james earl jones right no shit um and you may not recognize his face, but, but you recognize probably recognize his voice. Yeah, as uh, Vader. As Darth Vader. Yeah. Fuck. I um, did not know that's what James Earl Jones looked like. Yep. He's a he's a very large man. <laughs> he's huge. Um, he's very obviously wearing a wig in this because uh, oh yeah, he does not have long flowing black Lush hair. hair. No. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he looks like he's in a just a. Uh, hair products commercial in this i mean he's got the best i know I've ever seen in my life <laughs> like what's the like l'oreal or whatever maybe it's yeah Maybelline? um but yeah that's james earl jones I gotta, uh, come on what does he look like now or like a very old man james is he still alive oh yeah he's like 90 something oh yeah look at that oh he's he's got such a pleasant face he does he's a very pleasant man i'm not sure why he always plays villains because <laughs> um, he seems very sweet but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah th th i just wanted to get that out of the way right away because my wife i was watching it with my wife and he came on screen and i was like do you know who that is and she was like no like who is that and i was like that's darth vader and she's all no it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh um, there you go yeah the first time i watched this i was like i was because i actually watched this movie this is how you know I went to film school. I watched this movie in class, like in a in a class. Um, nice. And the so the first time I was watching it, he came on screen, and I'm like, "Who the hell is that?" Like I kind of recognized him. Yeah. I was like, I can't, who is this man? And then as soon as he says a certain line, I can't remember which one it is. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Darth Vader." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Well, yeah, he's I, great in this. He is. Oh, he's wonderful in this movie. Um during like the opening credits it said james earl jones and i was sitting there yeah. i was like oh shit vader's in here but i don't know what the hell he looks like so i was desperately trying to figure out who 
And yeah. I kind of thought I was like, maybe he's Doom, but I I had no idea. Yeah. But no, that's really cool. Um, there's another voice you'll probably recognize in this. Um, I'd, I'd be I would be surprised if you recognized it because I didn't even know. Um, but in doing research for this, so the the narrator of this movie, um, he's like a he's like a little wizard man who lives in yes. like a graveyard. Um, and in the credits, I think he's literally just listed as the wizard. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he is played by an actor named Mako. Um, okay. he's kind of like Cher. He's just got the one 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 word name. Yeah. Um, but he is the voice of Uncle Iroh in Avatar: The Last Airbender. No shit. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, he is. Yes. That blew my. I like. I could not believe that. Wow. I was like, no shit. That's where his voice is from. That's so cool. Yep. Huh. That's a, Uncle Iroh. That's a fun fun little connection for you there you go we got vader uncle iroh mm -hmm. good shit terminator the terminator um, quite the crossover it, it really is. <laughs> 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 um but anyway i just wanted to talk about this really quick so so this movie it's it's based on he's based on a character called conan the sumerian who was invented by an author named robert e howard mm. um and Robert E. Howard, he's like he's one of those classic like pulp authors. Like he was he was working in like the twenties and thirties, um, and he was publishing stories in magazines, so kind of like weird tales and oh, okay, um, tales of suspense and whatever. And he created a bunch of characters, but his biggest one by far is is Conan the Barbarian. Um, and I was watching the behind the scenes for the movie, and in in that they were the director of the movie was was telling the story about how the character of conan came to robert e howard um like in a dream like he had this dream that that conan the barbarian was standing over him what and telling him to write a story about him and so in fear he and i i don't know where he like i could not find that story anywhere else i think the director just made that up but um, yeah anyway it's a great story um and Robert E. Howard lived a very weird and short life. Um, <laughs> he he died by suicide at like age 35 or something. So oh, he died God. pretty young. Um, but he was actually, he was good friends with, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Cthulhu. Um, oh. Uh, Lovecraft. He was, he was there friends you go. with H.P. With, with, uh, Lovecraft. Um, who named However, his cat that <laughs> uh, yes i was gonna say un unlike hp <laughs> lovecraft it doesn't seem like robert e howard was a raging racist um, <laughs> yeah if, if you don't know what we're talking about just go look up what hp lovecraft named his cat yes um also if you didn't know hp lovecraft was racist in a time <laughs> when it was cool to be racist yeah like, he was so racist that other racists were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They were like, chill out. <laughs> yeah. They were like, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're taking this a bit far with the, yeah. with the racism. Yeah. They're like, we don't like this either, but you don't like it too much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Look up what his cat was named and that'll tell yeah. you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, 
but the yeah the, I, and i actually i i forgot to like bring it to show but i actually bought one of the conan the barbarian like compilation books Ooh. um so i read a couple of the stories and they're actually i mean they're written in old timey like 1930s language yeah um but they're they're really interesting i mean the the plot thrust of pretty much all of them is the same as this movie which is that conan meets a wizard and then he got he's got to kill him because you just can't have you know wizards walking around right right um, no, yeah yeah so it's it's always like conan meets a woman and he wants the woman but then there's a wizard that takes the woman he's like god damn it <laughs> i gotta kill a wizard now <laughs> you know like as you do strong yeah i mean every time i meet a wizard i have to kill him so yeah you know. i mean have you um, seen any wizards that's right that Not around me nope <laughs> but yeah they're good they're written in old-timey language um i was reading one and i was shocked at the sight of the n-word but you know well uh, when you read old books you're just gonna have to come yeah. across that once in a while yeah um so the the first story featuring conan was uh, it's a story called the phoenix on the sword um and it was written in 1932 howard actually originally wrote the story for one of his other characters um is this guy called cull the conqueror uh -oh. who um or cull of atlantis who's like this atlantean king who um you know conquers stuff um naturally he was like he was like, I need a new character. So he took out Cole the Conqueror and put in Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> just um, the names. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He just did a control F, control C, control V, you know? Um, <laughs> yep. And so, yeah, so that, that was kind of the first Conan story. And then he wrote a bunch of other ones after that. Like a, a lot of his characters kind of follow, like I said, that same formula, which is just like a guy and he, he finds a wizard and he's got to kill the wizard or whatever. Yeah. Um, but his, his writing like inspired a lot of other like genre or like other stories. Cause he kind of created this whole new genre, which is the sword and sorcery. Right. Yeah. And people kind of talk about sword and sorcery movies and they kind of just throw everything in that genre, like any fantasy movie. But to me, a sword and sorcery movie is like a very specific thing. And it's always to me been about like, if you if you read a lot of the like Conan stories or you watch a lot of these movies, they're not necessarily about like a hero trying to like overthrow a bad guy. It's they're more about like these characters who have a vendetta or they're seeking revenge or they're they want something. So they're more of these like personal tales of vengeance and violence and there's like wizards in a in a tower, right? But it's not like like sometimes people throw like Lord of the Rings and Sword and Sorcery. And to me, that doesn't work because like Lord of the Rings is this like big world ending, you know, yeah, like adventure thing. Whereas sword and sorcery movies and stories to me are more like like I said, it's like a guy and he's like real strong, but there's this wizard and he's got his wife and he's gotta go get his wife back from the wizard. Yeah. Um so I don't know that that and so a lot of these movies are are like that they follow kind of that same formula, yeah. Um, but I dig them. I I think they're cool. Like I I just it's a different kind of fantasy. I mean, like I like yeah. traditional high fantasy Lord of the Rings, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, but I also enjoy this kind where it's sort of this like Bronze Age, and there's like 
you know, there's no like big armies coming to get you. But right. there might be a guy with, you know, four horses and a club and he's going to hit you over the head, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think the world building in this movie is really good. Like, I, I really oh, like, yeah. like, the, like, there's just a gr this great feeling in this movie of like, you're in this ancient world that's sort of the real world, but it's sort of not like, you know, it, it's got this like historical feeling, like everything feels kind of not realistic, but like could exist somewhere. Yeah. But it, it also feels fantastical at the same time. <clears throat> yeah, no, for sure. I'm trying to think if I've seen any other movies that are sword and sorcery. And I don't think so. This might've been a first. Maybe. Um, it's a very specific genre and it, and the kind that Conan is like when people talk about like dark fantasy or sword and sorcery, it's like this genre of movies that was only made for this like specific amount of time. Right. Right. And it kind of started like right before Conan the Barbarian. There's this movie called the sword and the sorcerer, which is a, hmm. a little bit on the nose, but oh, yeah. um, it kind of started there in like the late seventies and kind of went all the way up to like the mid nineties. And you had movies like Beastmaster and Highlander and um, Red Sonia. And um, I'm trying to remember, I, I watched, the, I, I was kind of on a sword and sorcery kick last year. Like I was uh -huh. watching a bunch of them just because I was interested in it. And I watched this really weird one. And I can't remember the name of it. It was like an Italian movie. Oh. Um, and the lead villain is like this woman who has like a like a wolf head. Like she's just wearing this like like really cheap looking like wolf mask. And yeah. she's got her boobs out the whole time. And well. she's like killing people in caves. And the main hero has like a laser bow and arrow. It's wild. And I wish I could remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds insane. Yeah. Anyway, but it's all it's like this weird subgenre of like fantasy movies that only got made for this weird amount of time. And now yeah. they kind of don't make them anymore. Huh? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't seen too many of these. I yeah. Don't think most people have. Um, That's fair. But I enjoy them. I think, I think it's like, but I am all about, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. I'm, I'm all about mood. Like I love, yeah. I love movies that have a very specific feeling. And like, yeah. to me, <laughs> like this movie, one of the, one of the best examples of that is like there's this scene where Conan first gets freed from being a slave. Right. Yeah. And he's, and he's running from these dogs. Oh yeah. He like falls into a cave. Yeah. And then in that cave, he finds this like tomb and it's these like ancient skeletons and they're all like, you know, crumpled or whatever, but there's a, a skeleton and he's sitting on a throne Yeah, and he's got this ancient sword and Conan takes the sword and then the skeleton kind of like falls over. And it's like me describing it doesn't do it justice. Right. For like the mood that it sets. Yeah. It's like it's the kind of thing that gets your imagination going. Like, cause you're, you're watching this ancient world and somehow a guy has found something even more ancient. And yep. it's like, it's just this, I don't know. It's so cool. And, and like, 
there's that moment where he's like he takes the sword and he's like crom and then he's like ah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then he starts um, hitting it and yeah all that shit comes off of it i just love that like those little moments i think make the movie for me like the the action is corny um, oh yeah and it doesn't really matter but like those weird like moody fog and cobweb and like moments are great i think oh yeah no that that moment was really cool um um because it was like we we never learned who that is right and so it's like you said it's just left up to your imagination of um you know what what happened here why how did they why did they die the way they did you know why was he sitting on a throne like that (laughs) um and so yeah it's very interesting and like a lot of the like when they towards the end when they're like in the temple or even before that where they break in to uh i guess like another temple uh to like steal the thing um and they kill that big ass snake yeah that was also very cool it it was um the what i think really helped that with mood was the lighting um because it was all like torch lit um Mm -hmm. and i mean you have this giant well and they're going up and down ropes yeah uh and then yeah there's the giant snake that they have to fight (laughs) uh which which was really cool um also the i i forget the character's name but it's not it's not uh, arnold it's the other guy with the bow oh yeah uh his bow was really cool yeah it was yeah and i think that really helped with the whole like fantasy thing uh and so yeah no i i do agree there was a lot of really good like you said, the action, and I'll talk about the action. Um, <laughs> but a, a lot of I, that's that's one of the things I noticed is that the lighting and like the mood setting was really, really well done. Yeah, um, that was that was probably one of my favorite parts of all of this was um, just how they utilized like all of all of that stuff to just portray the world. Yeah. So, and I think I think kind of to piggyback off what you're saying the what helps the world building i think is the sets which are these big like monuments Mm -hmm. and like they all look like i said they don't look realistic but they look like they could exist in that world yes right like like these big snake towers and thulsa doom has this like when he's in his like sanctum, he's got this big pyramid and it's got all these steps and there's a great, I mean, there's a bunch of great shots, but there's this amazing shot where he's at the top and he's got his arms up like this yeah. and there's all these torches and there's like a thousand extras. And I'm just like, that's one of those shots where I'm like, God, movies look like shit now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, speaking of Lord of the Rings, I just rewatched all three of them. Um, oh yeah, and I, I thinking about movies today, I always go back to the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah, because it's it's one of the greatest 
battles that I've ever seen in a movie. Like, yeah. like fuck Endgame, right? Yeah. That shit was just CGI bullshit trash, right? Right. Battle of Helm's Deep. It's set at night. It's raining, but you can see everything, and it feels like there's real stakes. Yeah. Right? Because, like, you know, the the remaining Fellowship, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, they show up to Helm's Deep, and they're like, you know, we're fucked because they got a legion of fucking 10,000 orc and Urukai coming at us. Um, and what were 800, you know, a thousand strong. And so you're like, oh, how the fuck are they going to get out of this one? And then the elves show up. Yeah. Right. And so it, it's, I, I always think back to battle of Helm's deep as like, how did we stray so far from just like this (laughs) excellent filmmaking to what, whatever the fuck it is we have now. Well, and and part of what makes, I mean, we'll have to do an episode on on the Lord of the Rings trilogy at some point. But oh yeah, part of what makes the Battle of Helm's Deep so look so good and feel so immersive is that they mixed practical effects with CGI really well. Oh yeah, in a way that is often not done anymore because it is expensive, right? Yes, and we could wax on all day about the cost of movies and, and wasted (laughs) budget and whatever, but what they did really well in the battle of Helm's deep is, you know, when there's big shots of a million orcs, right. It's clearly CGI. Right. And like, there's no denying that because you just, there's no other way to do it. Right. But one it's set at night. So you kind of cover up, you know, whatever, but two, in the shots where it's close up and it's it's they really did have thousands of extras and they're like running around in the mud and you know the extras that you see that are up close are wearing really good makeup like it's not cgi orcs they're like dudes in suits right yeah and even now when technology has gotten so good you still cannot beat how good it looks with just a dude in some really good makeup. Like, yeah, that is always going to look better than a CGI model. Like, unless you've got 10 years to make your CGI model, you just can't beat that feeling of that, of a guy in front of the camera. And so, right. The battle of Helm's deep, they did a good job of like, here's what we can do practically. And let's do that. (laughs) But here's what we have to do with CGI. And let's spend the time to make it look good. Yeah. And just yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that's never going to happen again because <laughs> it's too expensive. And like I understand yeah. why they don't do it, but it's also like it just and like it's a bummer, like said, yeah. It is a bummer. And like like with this movie Conan the Barbarian, like I said there's there's so many good shots where you're like fuck, they just don't <laughs> like not to be old man about it, but it's like they really just don't make movies like this. Like No. Where they they took the time to make a big fucking snake puppet like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah in certain shots it looks dumb and corny because it's like it's clearly a puppet but the first time you see it and it's giant and it they did a great job with like the texture on the skin oh it's just sitting there sleeping Mm -hmm. you're like 
that could be a real snake. Like the yeah. way it's just sitting there and next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is a giant man. <laughs> and there's this giant, even gianter snake. You're like, that thing looks huge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they would never do that now. Cause it would be 10 times cheaper to just CGI it in. Right. And it's like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, it is terrible. Another, uh, Another really good example that uh, my roommate brings up a lot is um, Alien versus Predator. Oh, yeah. Right? Like the, I believe it's um, uh, the alien or the aliens, they're, um, I think they're all uh, like um, uh, puppets. Except yeah. for the tails, and the tails are CGI'd. But, like right. everything else is practical effects. And like in that movie, uh, Alien versus Predator, they built that like that pyramid set, right. right? Which is it's just so good because it's the 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 one thing the one big problem, or I guess one of the big problems with CGI is that. A lot of the CGI, right, is done in front of a green screen or like you have like just part of the set. And so the actors, they can't interact with the whole set. But when you have practical effects, um, like when we talked about um, the mummy, right, or in in, um, Alien versus Predator, right, the actors can actually interact with every part of the set. Right. And so it just it makes it feel more real, yeah. Um, which is great. It yeah. it just, it adds that much more like authenticity to the movie, uh, and it just it feels like raw. Um, and it's a bummer that we don't do that as much anymore. Yeah, I mean it is. I and like, I would even say like the special effects in this movie that are done look good and like hold up for being a movie from the 1980s like there's not too many crazy you know special effects but like for example there's one where Thulsa Doom turns into a snake right yes and it looks cheesy at times but the initial when his face starts stretching and he starts turning into the snake that it actually looks really good like yeah it doesn't have that weird morph effect that you get sometimes now it it like looks like it's a mask or something that's like actually moving and it just looks really interesting and good. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't get with CGI is that like very visceral. Yeah. Almost rubbery movement, but it, it feels you're not distracted by it. Like you just, I don't know. It adds to the texture of the the movie, I guess. Yeah, that that part, and and I think I really I did like that part, even though it was a little cheesy, um, because it was unsettling. Yes, which yeah. is what you want in a villain, right? You want them to be just a little unsettling. You want them to be grimy and just the most awful person you've ever met. And yeah. so when that started happening and his face just start, starts stretching and stretching, I was like, ooh, yeah. gross. <laughs> um, which I think is the intended purpose 
um, yes. is for the audience to go, Ugh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, and um, I I will say that the the one of the and this is very nitpicky. I think they needed to get the timing on some of those squibs down a little better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, because you know, you'll see somebody like slash somebody with a sword and then there's like a second where nothing happens. Right. And then the squib explodes. Yeah. And the, and the guy that like hit him is like already gone. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, but I, I think I can kind of set that to the side uh, just yeah. because of everything else. I, I will say, too, in the in a mark against this movie, there are some weird cuts. Like, yeah. And, and I, I don't know if it's just a product of, like, 1980s editing, but there's some very, like, unintentionally funny, like, transitions. And yeah. there's one that every time I watch this movie, it shocks me. Like, I just don't expect it. And it's like Conan has just been freshly freed, right. From being yeah. a slave. And he just happens upon this hut with a scantily clad woman in it. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yes. there's this moment where she's like, are you coming inside? And he's like, okay. All and right. He's in there, and she's, she tells him something. And then he's, he's like, well, tell me more. And she's like, well, you got to pay me first. And then there's like this hard cut and they are just fucking. And oh, it's yeah. like, there is no transition. <laughs> nope. Nope. It, it, and it doesn't even like, it doesn't build up to that. No. Like it's, it does not. It, it's, it's just like they come in and it's almost immediate. Yeah. That they're just on the like dirty, sweaty fucking. And it's yeah. real like, it's yeah upsetting <laughs> and and then she turns into like a demon thing yeah and i don't Which... know what's up with that <laughs> i also don't quite know what the hell that was about Especially um, because she never comes back i don't know what the right. point of that scene is uh, yeah i it i when i watched it i i was like well that was interesting yeah. <laughs> uh and then we meet and then we meet his buddy that he yeah. befriends. And he's just like sleeping outside of this woman's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you would think. Like, did he know? I don't know. I don't know what the whole. I don't. I don't know what the. And like, there's a moment <laughs> after she turns into a demon and flies away where he's like, Crom. And I'm like. Did you just have sex with your god? Like, what yeah. was that? <laughs> Maybe. Like, uh, we're never. That... Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, we are, are we really ever told who Crom? Eat? Like, we know he's a god. Yeah, but well, I mean, in that Do... opening scene where the dad is like telling the myth of steel, it's, yeah, it's said that Crom is this. You know, he's the god who gave man the gift of of you know steel right so it's it's supposed to be this like and in the conan world like especially in the book like the the stories every person like worships like a different god right because yeah. it's kind of supposed to be he calls it the hyborian age like it's this time okay. before time 
um it's sort of like middle earth right it's it's supposed okay. to be this prehistory history and and so you've got all these different gods and they all do different things um and Krom is supposed to be just this one that conan and his people worship um and he's supposed to be this war god but you're right they never explain like what he does or what his deal is or what he um, looks like what he looks like like sometimes he's a sword and sometimes he's a woman you have sex with in a hut i don't know <laughs> um and yeah, yeah. That, that woman never comes back i mean she kind of gives him some information while he's you know doing the the deed but like, yeah but yeah I, it was a very strange scene and yeah. yeah i didn't quite understand it again i i was looking at it and i was like hmm well that was yeah that was a thing that there's happened. A couple of scenes, there's a couple of scenes where you go, well, that was weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, it's when he's still a slave. Yeah. And he's like in his like little cage. Yes. And then they they just toss a woman in there. <laughs> and then they watch. Yeah, that was very strange. I I I was like, why are you guys watching? That's weird. Yeah. I mean, there's also this weird moment, too, where she comes in and she's, like, clearly afraid. Yeah. And he, like, gives her a blanket. And you think, like, oh, he's going to be nice. Yeah. And, like, he's going to be like, no, it's fine. Like, here's a blanket. But then he just takes the blanket off and has sex with her. And it's like, <laughs> what was the point of making him look nice for a second? I don't know. Like, yeah, it was it was very odd. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, there's just some guy outside who's like, like watching. It's like very. I don't know what's up with that, but yeah, it, some weirdos. Yeah, it's a. There are some odd moments in in this movie. Yeah. Um, what did you think about uh, James Earl Jones um, killing that woman with a snake arrow? Oh God! I forgot about the snake arrow. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> so <laughs> when after they've escaped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Doom and his like goonies are watching them <laughs> run away. <laughs> uh. And he like has like all those snakes wrapped around him, and he takes one of them and he like whispers to it, "Seek." I thought he was gonna like let it go and have yeah. it hunt down right Conan and and his little posse, and then just That's bite them and kill them. Right? Yeah. No, 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 no. He straightens it out; it becomes rigid, and then he <laughs> fires it like an arrow. Yeah. No fletching. No. No, no, nothing. It's a snake, but it's a solid, just straight arrow snake. Yep. Um, and uh, it that sure was something. Yeah, and then uh, he tries that move again. Again, yeah, um, again, and it fails uh, the second time. But yeah, well, I mean, once once you've been hit with one snake arrow, uh, <laughs> you kind of see it coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it was very strange. Yeah, I it <laughs> I, I kind of laughed because again I I had this expectation of him just like letting it go after he's like seek and, and and then he just straightens it out and fires it like an arrow and I was dumbfounded. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like how an octopus fires its its detached penis, you know, just like <laughs> just flings it. <laughs> yeah, yep, it throws it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that I even knowing that that was going to happen, there's still a little part of me that's like, boy, that's odd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes um, a little bit of sense because I mean, his whole thing is snakes, and so I mean, why yeah. wouldn't he use a snake as an arrow? But also. Yeah. Also, speaking of of Thulsa Doom, um, so that character he he is in the the world of Robert E. Howard. Yeah. But, um, he's not actually in the stories. He's not actually a Conan villain. Um, he's a villain of Cole the Conqueror, who's the the other, um, yeah, one of Robert E. Howard's other big characters. But basically, what they did was they had this other villain who I can't remember the name of. Um, who who does worship like a snake god? Yeah, um, and he's you know like the snake wizard, but he had this other name that they didn't like, so they just switched the names. Because ah. in the story, Thulsa Doom is this like he's kind of like Skeletor, like he's like a muscly man with a skull head. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's like you know I don't know what his deal. He just hates Cole the Conqueror for some reason. Uh, but well, you know. they were like Thulsa Doom's a better name, so let's give it to this guy. Um, and I will say, it is a good name. <laughs> it's a, it is, you know, having your last name be Doom. Yeah. Pretty on the nose there. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and and he, so his, the design of that character and like his followers and everything, um, they're kind of modeled after like Jim Jones and like those like cult leaders of like oh, the 70s. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. he's kind of supposed to be this like suicide cult leader, you know, yeah. where he's like telling all his followers like, we're gonna, you know, r- rule this earth after everyone dies and yeah. and whatever. Um, which which kind of leads me into what I something I wanted to talk about, which is that this is one of those movies that I like it and I enjoy it despite the fact that I disagree with the politics, like very clearly at play in the film. Yeah. Um, because it, they kind of wear it like on their sleeve. Like the, the first thing you see in the movie is a quote from Frederick Nietzsche, who is like, yeah, this famous, like nihilistic, like authoritarianism, yeah. you know, what do you call it? Philosopher. Yeah. Who believed in like, you know, free will and and yeah take everything for yourself and and you know whatever and i do think this movie like leans really heavy into ayn randian kind of politics i guess like libertarianism and like yeah and i can like it despite that because i think it does a good job telling the story that it's telling but it is something to look at it with right I had a hard time kind of picking out the the politics. Uh, I, I you know I got the whole cult thing, um, but I didn't I didn't quite see. Maybe I wasn't looking hard enough. Uh, but no, I I, I get what you mean. I mean, it, it is the kind of thing where it's like if you don't know, like if you aren't brushed up on your Nietzschean philosophy, you know. It's not necessarily something you're going to like pick up on consciously, right? It's more right. of like, 
if you know like like Oliver Stone who's one of the the screenwriters he is a famous right wing like political speaker Ooh. right like a lot of his yeah. movies have to do with right wing politics and John Mil Milius or whatever the director he has famously voiced a lot of right wing politics like he's part of this coalition of like Republican directors and he's been on like the NRA board and like all this Ugh. stuff. So if you know all that and then you watch the movie and you see certain things like basically the central theme of the movie is free independent thinking versus community thinking, right? Because really, uh, I mean, Tulsa Doom's a villain, right? And he's undeniably yeah. evil. Yeah. But it's kind of like the big evil is that he has a group of people who all think like him. And so it's supposed to be this like commentary on like communism and, oh. you know, these communist um, cults that would spring up in like the sixties and seventies. And it's like the, the person who beats them is this free thinking, you know, full of personal strength. And he, you know, he gets there by, he pulls himself up by his bootstraps. bootstraps. Yeah. Um, so there, when you look below the surface, that stuff is there, right? Gotcha. And yeah. you can we can debate all day long about how strongly it advocates for whatever, but I can like the anybody watching this, you can like a movie without agreeing with its politics. Like correct. Like I said, I like this movie. I think it's great, yeah. but I also I don't think there's anything wrong with socialism. I yeah. just think you know. I can disagree with people. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, socialism is great. I think we should be more socialist. Um, Rip Bernie. Wish he was Presidente. <laughs> I was going to say, he's not dead. I know. <laughs> um, he's a million years old, but... <laughs> he's a million years old. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree. You can, you can like a movie um, and disagree with it's politics and all of that yeah kind of stuff um and and like look i just know i know somebody is going to listen to this and they're going to be like this movie's not political like it's just yes, a fun <laughs> every piece of media that it's you consume is political. political yep it has a message i'm yep. sorry i wish that wasn't the case yep but there is messaging in every piece of media you watch nothing has no message yep. that is that is naive to think and it's just flat out incorrect yep and that's why that's why when people are like oh keep politics out of your whatever right. no fuck you <laughs> i'm gonna keep it in there yeah um because because if I didn't, then I'm not being, you know, I'm not making what I want to make. Right. It is also uh, disingenuous when people are like, I just wish everything wasn't so political. Like, what that means is, I wish more stuff was made with beliefs that I agree with. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. or, or beliefs that are so innocuous, I don't even notice them, is really what you want to say. Yeah, or I, I don't want to think about it because it's too hard and I don't yeah. know anything. I don't like women. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, I, I want them to be my wife and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Ugh. Anyway. Well, um, I just felt like I had to talk about that at some point. because. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. So one thing we have not talked about really, um, despite the fact that he is the central actor, um, we haven't really talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, We've not. This is you said this is the first time you've seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Is that correct? Uh, no, uh, I have seen Terminator. Oh, okay. And Terminator Two. But this is the first non-Terminator film I have seen him in. Okay. What? Th- so this is kind of his. I don't want to say it's his breakout role. Uh huh. No, I will say that. He'd done a few acting roles before this. Yeah. But this is his role that he first became like world famous for. Okay. Right. Because prior to this, he had been a bodybuilding champion. Yeah. Um, he'd done a couple of things. Like he did this weird movie called Hercules in New York. Um, <laughs> but in okay. that movie, he, he's not even really. It's not his voice. Like they dub him over with somebody else. Um, so he had not quite, he wasn't the level of fame that we think of him now. Right. Right. This was kind of the first movie where people saw him and they were like, holy shit, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Yeah. Um, and having seen a ton of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies now, I'm kind of surprised that this is like, his breakout role. Cause I don't think he's very good in it. <laughs> no, I, cause I mean, I'm looking back at Terminator and I'm like, those, you yeah. know, those movies are really fucking good. Yeah. And then I see this and yeah, he just, he seems to be kind of bumbling around a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, like he's not given a lot to say and that's kind of on right. purpose because again, people like, especially executives were concerned, like, Will Americans watch a guy with an accent? Yeah. Right. Um, and especially at this time, like it is the 80s, but there was still some like leftover bias against people with like a German slash Austrian accent because of World War II. Yeah. Um, and people saw it as kind of menacing. And so they were like, well, we'll give him minimal lines, right? So he doesn't say too much in this. So he's doing a lot of face acting. Yeah. And I think because he's not had a lot of practice at this point, he's just not very engaging. Like, he's very yeah. charismatic. You're like, look at him up there doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but when he's when he's made to do some, like, acting, you're kind of like, eh, he's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's fine. Um, he, get, he gets better, like you said. Like yeah. Terminator, he's great, but oh, like, yeah, it, at this point, he's just kind of okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, one thing that I, I noticed so the you know, this came out in the 80s, but the action felt very much like it came from the 60s, yeah, it was that super blocky, like. Mm-hmm. You know, Star Trek, the original series, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they swing wide and it's very clear that they don't hit. Uh, right. And then the person like over dramatically, you know, 
falls to the ground. Um, and so I think with that combined with, uh, you know, Arnold, um, you know, still kind of being new and trying yeah. to find his footing in the acting world. Uh, it, yeah, it was a little, eh. Yeah. Like I said, he's uh, not bad, but he's just not no. great at this point. No. Right. Um, and he is, but I will say he is a presence. Like he's massive. Yeah. Oh, he's um, huge. And he's so big that like famously in this movie, like they couldn't find a stunt double for him. Yeah. Because there was just nobody else who was that large. Um, so most of his stunts he did himself, right? Like he had to learn how to ride a horse. He had to learn how to yeah. sword fight. Um, <laughs> and you can tell, I mean, it, you can tell that he is doing all of that stuff. And I think the movie's better for it. But oh, yeah. it is funny to think that there was this, because like now every actor is, you know, jacked to the nines, right? Yeah. But it is funny that there was this point in time where they were like, Oh shit, that guy's huge. What do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the he was so yeah, he was a like a bodybuilder or weightlifter yeah. or whatever, right? Um, but you could tell because like actors nowadays, they when they are doing a like a superhero film or whatever, yeah, they have to do the most egregious like uh diet plan ever right. where they're not eating a whole lot they're not drinking they're like retaining a bunch of water so that they get that really cut look yeah but then you look at like this movie and arnold and like he looks healthy he does but, yeah like he's big he's got like huge really well built muscles but he yeah. looks healthy. That's true. Yeah. And, and I think too, like the difference here is that like when you see like a movie now, like you're talking about like a superhero movie, there is, there's always the shot, right? Which is yep. like the first moment where you see the hero shirtless and they're yep. ripped, but yep. it only happens once, right? Yep. They get one shirtless scene and that's it. Yeah. Because, it's an actor who has put on muscle for a role yeah. and they've dehydrated themselves for that shot. And that's it. Right. Yep. Whereas in this, he does not wear a shirt the whole movie. Yeah. Right. Because that's just what Arnold looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a difference there, right. Where like you see him and you, if you like, if you were to bring 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger to me and you were like, this is a man from 1200 bc i'd be like it sure is like, look at him <laughs> absolutely you are correct <laughs> yep um what one thing so people have like especially on tiktok people point this out like it, in certain movies that are set like in a period like there's people who look like they could be from that period yeah and then there's people who do not look like they could be from that period right and yeah. arnold He's a little too clean to be somebody from like the Bronze Age, but he's yeah. built like how you imagine like a barbarian to look, right? Just oh, giant. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when I, because I originally I didn't um, 
I didn't know that he was the lead. And so when I looked this movie up to see where I could watch it, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like if if The Rock had been around and they had chosen him, again, that kind of makes sense. Right. Right, because he's also huge. If um, who's another really just gigantic person? I can't think of anybody right now. But yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. There's always that one person you're like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) On the opposite end, though, there's a couple of guys in this movie who are rocking the most '70s mustaches. And you're yep. like, those guys are not from the bronze. <laughs> they they um they showed up for the wrong kind of movie. They did. Yeah, they look like they're supposed to be in a Conan the Barbarian porn parody. Yes. Um yeah. Which yeah. I mean, there was that whole was it an orgy? It it felt like an orgy. It's it's orgy light. Yeah. Yeah, it's orgy adjacent. It is orgy adjacent. Sorry, I got cold. I'm putting on the loudest jacket in the world. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, what are you going to a fucking meeting after this? The hell? Yeah, I got I got a pea coat on. There you I'm go. Like I'm ready to investigate a mystery. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of softcore porn in this. Yes, I think of all the movies we've watched. This is the second horniest right behind Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yo, uh, yeah. I think this is, it may even be tied for most number of boobs. But yeah. Because there's a lot of boobs in this movie. There were so many. I I saw the rating, right? It was rated R. Yeah. And I was like, okay, probably blood, whatever. Yeah. And then we see the first pair of boobs. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh. No. It's one of those, one of those movies. Okay, all right, yeah, cool. And we just kept seeing them. And I was like, <laughs> "Damn, <laughs> this!" I mean, we are, you know, several camera shots away, and several different forms of dialogue from this just being straight up porn. Yeah, I mean, you don't see any dong, which is disappointing. No. But you know, true. What are you gonna do? Um, but we had the same problem with Hard Ticket to Hawaii, right? There's a lot of boobs, but you never see any dong. And it's like, right. you know, equal rights. Like, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, come on. I uh, mean, we're, you know, this was before feminism. So it's like, so true. you know, we didn't get enough dong in these kinds of movies. Like, yeah. if they made this movie now, you know, Arnold would, Arnold would be whipping his old dong out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You do see uh-huh. his dong in Terminator. Oh, that's right. You do. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's just out and flopping. Yeah, it is. It's hard to forget about. I don't know how you did. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really long time since I think I watched Terminator when I was in like middle school. Okay. Because I, I can picture it right now. I can picture the dong. But yeah, it's staring at you. It is. Yeah. Making direct I eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, fair. I was going to say something else and I forgot. Oh, what do you think like about the music? Um, music was good. It fit really well. It did. Um, it was an excellent soundtrack. Absolute bangers. 
it is an I, I really like the music yeah and um yeah, I think it fits very well with the movie. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, no, you're good. I like how you put that coat on and then immediately took it off. Yeah, it was too hot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, I need a. I just need a hoodie, but all my hoodies are like away and <laughs> or dirty. And so I can't wear a hoodie right now. Um, have one of your dogs just bring it to you. Oh, that's a good point. Hey, no. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? But yeah, no, the, the soundtrack. Excellent. It is excellent. So, but one thing I do think, and this is something that's never going to happen because, like I said, they don't really make movies like this anymore. What I would love is a Conan the Barbarian style movie with a fucking power metal soundtrack. Oh, absolutely. Like, like this movie would be elevated to like a 10 out of 10 if it had like a soundtrack done by like i don't know like power wolf or like <laughs> fucking fucking dragon force or something where it's yep. just like you know imagine because again the music is great but imagine conan's getting his sword and it's like, like yeah <laughs> you know this would elevate it to like next level yeah um one thing i did want to say i was going to bring this up earlier but i forgot so Robert E. Howard, you know, he, he inspired a ton of like fantasy and stuff, but yeah, one of his undeniable influences is on heavy metal because really so many metal bands have taken their names from like Conan stories or Cole stories. Huh. Um, and one of the, one of the big inspirations for that kind of thing is there was this artist named Frank Frazetta. Uh -huh. um, and he was a famous comic book artist and he was a famous like album art artist. Um, but he famously did a ton of drawings of like Conan and Cole and uh, uh, Red Sonia. And like he did all these like movie posters and stuff. And his artwork like still kind of has a lasting effect on like heavy metal music just because it's got that like you know how there's like some heavy metal bands just have that like fantasy touch to them. Like, I don't know how to describe yeah. it. It's like they're all about like dragons and swords yep. and whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's like, there is a band actually called Thulsa doom. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I can't remember what kind of heavy metal they play. Um, but my favorite one, I just discovered them this week. There's a band called Bal Sagoth. Um, cool. they're named after, I think they're named after a wizard in one of, um, uh, Robert E. Howard's stories, but they have an album that was made in 1992 okay. called like power of the cosmos or something like that. It's got this insane cover art. I'm going to see if I could pull it up to show you. Um, but if, if everybody could just do me a favor and go listen to that album because it's insane and wonderful, um, Sorry, it's called it the called? Power Cosmic. The by Balsagoth. Of the Power of Cosmic? No, just or, the Power Cosmic. Oh, the Power Album by Balsagoth. Holy Check out that cover art. Fuck. Look at that. There's like a man with a sword. And there's like planets in the back. There's like a weird, like wizard man in the background anyway everybody should go listen to that album um 
It's fantastic. That'll do it. <laughs> I, I'm I might include a little a little tiny like just enough to not get copyright struck. There you um, go. I might throw a little little taste of it here at the end. Okay. Um, but yeah, everybody should go listen to that album. It's fantastic. Um, so thank you, Robert E. Howard, for inspiring uh, heavy metal albums for years to come. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty much all I have to say about the movie. Do you have anything else? No, I I, I touched on the action, which again, it I feel like being from the 80s, it could have been a little better because I mean, we have watched other movies from the 80s and yeah. What the shit? <laughs> Can you hear that? I heard a little bit of it, yeah. Some motherfucker's car alarm is going off. Anyway, um, we have watched other movies from the 80s, and like the action in those were good for yeah. the 80s. Um, this one uh, it was a little rough. Yeah. Um there were some good moments but overall it was a little rough. Um and again the squibs I just <laughs> just get just redo the shot, get the timing down and you're fine. Yeah, and you're fine. So, but I, yeah, uh, I, go ahead. No, no, finish your finish your thought. Um that that was all I had. Okay. No, I, I was going to say one thing I, I forgot because when you when you brought that up earlier, I was going to say this and then I, I forgot. But I did read somewhere and I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly one of the reasons that. Like that could explain like why the squibs are kind of weird is initially this movie was a lot gorier and like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. The blood was a lot more like explosive. Yeah, but when they showed it to like the producers, they were like, that's too much. Like, you know, like it's, it's too violent. And so they did kind of cut around some of it. And I think that's why Um, some of the timing is off. Like, uh, they're kind of trying to cut down on like the carnage. Like, yeah. Like a good example is like in the first scene, you see like Conan's mom get beheaded. Right. Yeah. And it's a very quick shot of Tulsa doom going like that. And then the next shot is her head bouncing on the ground, right? Yeah. But supposedly in the original cut of it, he grabs her head, cuts her head off, and then is like holding her head. Like yeah. Her severed head. And right. so they kind of were like, ooh, that's like too much. Like this is yeah. like, you know, suppo- it's not for kids, but they're kind of yeah. like kids might sneak in and see this movie. Yeah. So we should kind of, you know, make it not so graphic. Um, right. Which doesn't excuse it being weird, but um, right. it could explain why some of the timing is off. No, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Understandable. But anyway, I'm doing a big stretch. Oh, hell yeah. Good work. Oh. Excellent form. <sighs> Thank Stuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that brings us to everybody's favorite part of the show. Um, it's the part where you get to tell me what you rate this movie out of 10 Thulsa Dooms. Uh, I already had, uh, time to think about it and I, I gave it a rating because my manager asked me about it. He wanted to 
you know, out of 10, how much? Uh, and I gave it a seven. Okay. Seven out of 10. That's yeah. That seems right on the money for what I thought you would give it. Yeah. It's just pretty good. <laughs> it's it is all right. I originally was gonna go for like a six, six point five, but I was like, eh, that seems a little too low, and so I yeah. bumped it up to a seven. Um. So yeah, seven. It's a okay. it's a good movie. Okay, I'm gonna give this. I think I'm also gonna give it a seven. Hell yeah. Originally originally I was going to give it an 8. Yeah. But I unfortunately shot myself in the foot by this week I watched The Beastmaster ah. which is way way weirder and <laughs> like more entertaining and just strange and that yeah. movie I enjoyed so much more. And so I'm like I don't know if I can give it an 8. Because I would rather watch the Beastmaster again, but um, Fair. so I'll give it a seven. It's really yeah. good. I really like it, and it it just hits a certain note that I like. But it's not for everyone. Yeah, and yeah, it it's not perfect. No, and I I told my manager this. I was like, if it were not for this podcast, I don't think I would have gone out of my way to watch it. No. Um. And I and I think even if I had seen Conan the Barbarian, I probably would have taken like one look at like the poster or like the cover art or whatever, and been like, "eh, that looks a little weird," and then forgotten about it. No, that's completely fair. I I don't I don't disparage you for do for feeling that way. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. like I said, it is a good movie. I was yes. not bored by any means. Um, it's just meh. That's fair. Um, so that was that 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 does it for our review of Conan the Barbarian. Hell um, yeah! Which means that uh, it's now the time of the show where you get to tell them what they should do uh, and and what they should rate the show out of um, five uh, witches that you have sex with in their hut, and then turn into a demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, uh five stars. Yep. On whatever platform allows you to give five stars. Uh if it's a like button, click the like button. Mm -hmm. Um comment, just share a little whatever, say hello. Doesn't even have to be about the episode, just say hey. Um you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and youtube correct and uh we have an email we do viva at gmail.com we also correct. have uh hopefully uh at this point now that little survey yes. deal yes yeah, oh, yeah. If you, if you, so for those people who don't ever interact with podcasts ever and have never interacted with ours i totally understand it can be a confusing world but if you just go into the show notes so like if you're on Spotify or Podcast Addict or something like that, you either scroll over or scroll up. You'll see like a description of the episode. There's a little link down there. It's a link tree. If you open that, it's got all of our socials and then it's got a little link to a form you can fill out to suggest a movie to us. 
you can always email us. That's totally fine. Yep. But if you want to just fill out more of an anonymous kind of thing, um, go over there, fill it out. It, you can tell us why we should watch a certain movie. Yep. Um, where we can find it, that whole deal. Um, you can even give us some resources for research to do. Yep. Um, that's a great way to get in contact with us. But like Grayson said, otherwise, um, Facebook, Instagram, email, all that stuff is good as well. Um, you can actually find if, if you're interested in my own personal opinions, you can follow me on Letterboxd. There you um, go. I think I'm S Romero 25 or something like that over there. Um, I need to look that up so that people aren't <laughs> searching for me endlessly. Um, yeah. you can find Grayson um on Tumblr. Uh yes, I <laughs> I I am on Tumblr and TikTok mainly. Yeah. Uh but Honest to God, good luck finding me on Tumblr. I don't even know what my own username is. So who knows? Yeah. Um, um I also don't post anything. I just reblog a bunch of shit. Yeah. So oh, also, um, shout out to Singapore. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason, I looked at our stats recently, and our second biggest audience is in Singapore. I don't know yeah. why. I the algorithm has just fed our show to a bunch of people in Singapore. So thanks for listening, Singapore. Yeah. Um, love you. Always wanted to go. Yeah. I would Never love to go chance. to Singapore. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. That's cool as hell. Yeah. Uh, also shout out to the one guy in um, <laughs> where was it? Like Bulgaria or somewhere that's listening. <laughs> shout out to that guy. Um, Carrying the weight of a nation on his back. Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Our stats are so funny because it's like yeah. it's literally like 60% US, right? Right. And then it's like 30% Singapore. And then it's just like all these random countries have like one or two listeners. And I don't know how the algorithm has worked out that way. Yeah. But I'll hey, take we'll it. Take, I don't care I know. where you're from. I know. Just so long as we uh we get to you. Yep. Uh anyway. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. Um, you'll find Grayson uh, knee deep in a tub of marshmallow fluff. Oh, and yeah. you'll find me um, rummaging through the $5 DVD section at Walmart. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll yep. see you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, this is the after the episode. Hell um, yeah. For the for the true listeners, the true fans. Hell yeah. Um, post credit scene. <laughs> the post credit scene. <laughs> uh Grayson. Yes. What are we watching next week? Oh brother. Um actually I did think of something and I can't for the life of me remember what it was. I remember. <clears throat> what is it? We were going to watch Deadpool. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Deadpool. Because Valentine's Day is coming up. Yes. Um, and Deadpool 3 is coming out this year. That's true. Um, so it's it's the perfect time to revisit 
Um, Everybody's the, favorite Merc with a mouth. That's right. Uh, so that's that's what you can look forward to in two weeks' time. Hell and yeah. And then after that, um, boy, oh boy, I hate to say it, but we're going to have to watch our first bad movie of the year. All right. Um, I don't have anything picked out yet, but uh, right. by the time we do our next episode, I'll have something All right. in the in the chamber. All right. I'll, I'll also think of something we can vote. Okay, we can vote on it. But Deadpool's up next. Um, so get your VHS copies ready. Hell and, yeah. Uh, uh, bust out your your Deadpool outfit that I know is hanging out in the back of your closet. Um, yep. And then uh, heat up right. your chimichangas. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I know some Deadpool references. <laughs> yeah, you do. Anyway. Hell yeah. Listening. Yep. Bye, Bye. motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs>